KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Now a topic, um, I suppose it's been very, very important to so many of us. It's, it's, it's something that we've discussed many, many times in different ways. And indeed with, uh, with Neve Murphy, who joins me in studio from Amber's Women's, Women's Refuge. We've, we've talked about the plight of women um, with domestic violence on a number of different ways. Yesterday, I think, was a, what could be described as a good day um, because uh, Roderick O'Gorman announced uh, for the first time that domestic violence leave will be paid, and not just that it will be paid domestic violence leave, that it will be paid at 100% of the uh, full daily rates for those um, suffering that abuse. And Neve Murphy from Amber Women's Refuge, uh, thanks very much for giving us time to pop into us this morning. Good day yesterday. Good day, Brian. Good morning to you. Good morning to your listeners. Yeah, a very significant day, Brian. Um, as you said, um, the minister has now come out on the record and said that um, domestic violence leave. So the five days statutory leave that will be part of the Work-Life Balance Bill, which was enacted earlier this year, um, which will come into effect, the minister says, in late autumn, um, will be five days um, uh, leave available to victim survivors, men and women of um, who are uh, suffering with domestic violence and abusive work outside the home will be able to avail of, of five days mm. leave throughout the year. Um, but what was really significant about yesterday was there was um, some suggestions before that domestic violence leave would be paid at the rate of sick pay, yeah. which as you know is 70% um, of, of full pay. Um, but uh, the news yesterday that it will be paid at the full rate of pay is really welcomed by ourselves in Amber. And it's the result of a, of a very you know lengthy and comprehensive um, consultation process um, you know, led by Women's Aid, our colleagues in Women's Aid, with the department to ensure that um, you know it would be paid at full at full pay, and we're delighted that the minister and the department have listened to us, and that's now going to happen. Let's celebrate the good things about this first of all before we talk about some of the. Uh, Maybe shortcomings is too strong a word, but you're going to get what I'm going challenges, with this. Maybe. Yeah, challenges. I mean, there's yeah. other areas that, that and and it's only thanks to the education that I've received from people like you that I'm aware of these things. But one of the first countries in the world, I think probably the third or fourth country in the globe, um, to have such a scheme in place. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a handful of countries globally who who have legislation in place. Um, Australia, New Zealand and Italy has some mm. some uh, legislation in place. So we really are at the cutting edge in terms of this. So, you know, there there is going to be a period of of, you know, maybe, you know, concern among, um, you know, employees who are impacted by domestic violence and abuse is going to be concern amongst employers in terms of how they fulfill their statutory obligations with the domestic violence leave how they appropriately support their employees who are victim survivors of domestic violence and abuse. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the minister was very clear yesterday that, um, you know, it will be subject, this this part of the bill, which is Section 7, will be subject to review in two years' time. Yeah. So we can expect there is going to be a period of bedding in um, in terms of, you know, the administration of, of domestic violence leave. But I think another very positive move is that our colleagues in Women's Aid are working and have been contracted by the department and they will be providing um, template uh, guidelines and template domestic abuse policies for businesses of all types and of all sizes and those templates will um, we've been told be available for download by employers once um, the domestic violence leave comes into, into play later this year so I think that's a very very positive move because I know myself Brian 
You know, ourselves in Amber, we've been working locally with employers in Kilkenny and Carlo doing a lot of outreach work over the last year. And there's a lot of concern amongst employers and HR managers. There's a lot of fear, um, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of, fear of, you know, how am I going to handle this if an employee comes forward to us? So, you know, we totally understand that. But I suppose the message I would want to get out to employers in Kilkenny and Carlo today is, you know, you're not an expert and you don't need to be an expert expert in mm. this field. Um, but what you do need to do is fulfill your statutory obligations in terms of the administration of leave and, and you know, um, fulfill your duty of care to your employees. But I would say to um, local employers to look on this as an opportunity, um, you know, rather than a, a compliance and a box ticking exercise, look on it as an opportunity to ensure that everyone who works with you and for you feels supported while they're at work, regardless of what might be going on for them. At yeah. Home. yeah, I suppose yeah. it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Because, I mean, there's very, very few opportunities whereby um, a business owner, may get to bring this topic up because it's up obviously to the individual who may be going through this to lead that conversation or to at least open that conversation, you know, looking after people's personal space. But this could be an opportunity for a business owner who may have had suspicions over a period of time and not directly deal with the individual, but to say, this is coming into play late October or late autumn and we are quite happy to be involved and this is what's happening. If you've got any questions, please come to me. Yes, I mean, I, I'm asked all the time by local HR managers or, or local business owners, you know, you know, how do I handle this? What are our what are our, our obligations? What's the kind of boundary? And what we would always say is, you know, you you handle disclosures that that may come forward uh, from a managerial perspective, not from a personal perspective. So you have a managerial duty of care to that individual. But what's really important, what's the difference? Um, you you recognize that you are not an expert in the space. Okay. And so your role is in um, uh, facilitating and creating a culture, which is what you just spoke about. The manager's role here is in creating that culture where people can talk about this, mm. where it's no longer the suspicion or the how do we handle this, where, you know, a, a culture is created whereby this is freely able to speak about, where a culture where, you know, you can facilitate disclosures. You handle those disclosures as a manager. So you're not a support worker. You're not a counsellor. You handle it as a manager and handling it as a manager means, um, you know, uh, responding effectively to that disclosure. So responding as a human being, yeah. responding empathetically, sensitively, but understanding that you're not the expert, that you then need to have your either internal supports available for employees. You need to know what they are and you need to know about the external specialist supports like Amber that are available and you effectively refer to those. I think that so, one point will be a huge um, comfort to, to business owners because I think they could quite often get confused between oh, now I have to deal with this I'm not trained to deal with this but yes. your suggestion is that accept that you're not trained and pass that area on to the experts. Yes. Now, now, I mean, you know, we don't want to devolve managers and, and employers of all responsibility here. I mean, certainly I would think and, you know, I've had some conversations with with HR teams and with business owners where they've said, well, look, do we need a, a policy in place? Can we not just enact, uh, you know, can we not just administrate the leave? And I would say a policy is absolutely crucial for you not having a policy, but administering your statutory requirement to administer a uh, domestic violence leave is leaving your employees who may be affected by domestic violence and abuse and is leaving your people managers open and mm. exposed. So certainly the policy is the first step 
toward ensuring this process runs as smoothly as possible for your business and your and your employees, the people who work with you and for you. So, you know, have a policy in place. As I mentioned, there will be downloadable policy templates available once the domestic leave comes into to play. So I would encourage all employers in Kilkenny and Carlo to download those templates. Yeah, start that prep now. Yes. Uh, structure it for your business because every business is going to be different and then launch and embed it into your culture, into okay. your business. And the second aspect, Brian, which I think is really crucial is training. OK, so, um, you know, it's really important that, you know, it doesn't just, as I mentioned, be just a compliance, a ticks box exercise. If that, you know, we really want to support victim survivors who work outside the home, if we want to keep them in the workplace, because all the research shows us internationally that great people are being lost because of domestic violence and abuse and because there hasn't been effective workplace responses or there hasn't been cultures within businesses where they have felt able to come forward to say, listen, I am really, really struggling here. I need some support for a set period of time. I need some flexibility for a set period of time to to resolve a situation, to maybe escape an abusive relationship, to find alternate accommodation, to to go to court, to, to seek medical help, whatever it may be. So training is really, really crucial for um, uh, businesses, for people managers, so that they know um, how to recognise the signs within the workplace so they know how to respond, as we said, appropriately um, without, you know, having that yoke around their neck where they feel, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm a support worker. I need to be a counsellor here. You don't. And then referring effectively to either internal supports that you may have available or the external specialists. And, you know, in, in Kilkenny and Carla, that would be us in Amber. And, you know, our door is always open to any employer with specific concerns um, who need some guidance either on policy development or who wants to talk to us about training. We have, yes. Moving on then to talk about the victims, what difference do you believe that this will make in the lives of victims who are entitled to these supports? Um, I think it, it this can be really, really significant for victim survivors who work outside the home. Um, I'll just quote some research um, uh, to you, Brian. Um, some research done by the Vodafone Foundation across nine countries in Europe. Uh, they they, they, um, they uh, did the research with 2,000 women and men who work outside the home. Uh, 38% of them were saying they were less productive. Productive at work, uh, thirty-seven of them. Um, I should have said to begin with, were, ex- were experiencing intimate relationship abuse. Sixty-seven percent of them said it negatively affected their career, and seventy-five percent of the female respondents in that uh, um, study said they were targeted at work. So you know, lest anyone think that abuse stops when we start work, when we go into the factory, or we go into the office, or we get into the van every yeah. morning, it doesn't. You know, and particularly female employees are risk uh, of threatening phone calls and emails and physical assaults and unannounced visits um, and we did some research ourselves in 2021 with 200 women and men who work outside the home in Kilkenny and Carlow and there was massive massive um, impacts on them um, in terms of their their um, their their workplace mobility um, you know they felt that they didn't have the mobility within the workplace because they were dealing with so much at home there was increased absenteeism there was a loss of productivity and um, there was 
was a lot of depression and anxiety. Um, so I think, you know, for a victim survivor who knows that they can go into a supportive work fa- for, uh, a place, because remember, Brian, for a lot of people, the workplace is probably the only space they have in their lives where they have a physical distance yeah. from an abuser. So to see the work as a haven, to see that work and for that workplace to be an effective, safe, safe space for them where they can access the supports they need, where they can and it it would give them cover. So this leave will give people cover. So, you know, as someone that goes into the workplace, they may be on leave, but they may still be able to use the facilities in that workplace to make calls, to, you know, contact solicitors, to seek alternative. It could also be the justification for still leaving the house for eight hours a day while they go about trying to find a way out. Absolutely. Uh, So they can escape safely. I think this this leave will be really, really significant. And the the other thing to mention is it doesn't need to be taken in chunks of days, Brian. It can be taken as two hours here and there. It can, you know, that there's a provision for that within within the bill. So it can be taken flexibly um, in agreement with the employer to suit that particular victim survivor's circumstances. So I really think this can be significant in terms of giving them cover and giving them a spa- safe space where they can access the supports that they need. Let's move on and talk about um, the areas of this bill that are maybe still lacking a little bit. We, you've mentioned the phrase, and you were the one that educated me on this in terms of how important the, the finance is because domestic abuse can also often include control of finance. What about those who don't work outside of the home? Yeah. Um, They're in a similar sort of situation where they still need financial support to be able to get out. This bill obviously helps people who are in paid employment. Mm. But for those who are still working at home, nothing really yet. Yeah, I mean, look, it's extremely it's extremely challenging for people. Um, Brian, we know that, you know, locally in our own community, how challenging it is for, for victim survivors. We know that from people who have have, out, you know, um, contacted us and, and who are working through our services, either at, in refuge or in the community based services. It's extremely difficult, um, you know, and that brings up the discussion, which, you know, we always have, which is we're not just talking about physical abuse here. Yeah. So you rightly said there are so many people, you know, Many people perhaps listening this morning who are experiencing extreme coercive control or who are experiencing financial abuse and they tend to go hand in hand. So, you know, there are are women and men listening this morning who maybe are given an allowance or a budget, usually a very meagre one every week um, by an abuser. Um, Their their spending is completely monitored. They maybe don't have their own bank card and they don't have their own means of working, as you said, because they're working in the home. Um, So it's extremely challenging. So so this bill is not going to support those individuals. That's that's another yeah. discussion. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, look, it's extremely challenging. And what I would say to anybody experiencing any form of coercive control, any form of financial abuse, you know, an abuser is using money as a way to control you. And if you are not involved in handling money, making, um, you know, you don't have the ability or you're, you are stopped from having the ability to make your own money, you have no financial independence, you know, you don't have enough money to to buy essentials for yourselves, your children. And, um, you know, reach out, reach out to Amber. Um, you know, we'll support you where you are. We'll support you in any way that we can. And, you know, um, inform you of your rights and entitlements. Interesting. Yesterday, most bills that come in like this are set down uh, to be reviewed four or five years after they've come into play. Uh, but... Uh, 
I suppose acknowledging the fact that we are one of the global leaders, we're at the forefront of trying to improve the plight of men and women suffering domestic abuse. Uh, Roderick Gorman announced that also that this bill will be reviewed after two, I think he said two or three years, but certainly in a lot quicker, a shorter time frame than would normally be the case. Yes, yeah, you're correct, Brian. Yeah, I think I heard two years, Mm. which I think is an acknowledgement that, you know, we're, we're at the cutting edge here. Um, you know, this is this is very new. Um, this is new for our business culture in Ireland. This is new for employers. This is new for employees. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting to see what the what the data uh, comes back after that that review period. I will say that the international data that's coming back from the handful of countries that have this globally is that there's actually been quite a modest uptake of domestic uh, violence leave in those jurisdictions. And Why is that? Um, I don't know. Uh, again, you know, we're in a, a, yeah. a brave new world. But again, it's just for any Is it embarrassment? I don't know, Brian. Um, I really don't. I mean, it is exceptionally difficult for any victim survivor, I think, to come forward in any arena. Mm. And, you know, you can't blame them because as a country... But that goes back to the point that we were making right at the very start. You know, yeah. when we were talking about business owners creating yeah. a culture whereby... It's as supportive and comforting as any culture can be to allow victims just to have enough courage to go, I might need to take a couple of days off and here's why. Here's why, yeah. Um, Look, we don't have a great track record in this country of supporting survivors. Mm. Um, We don't have a good track record of believing survivors. We have a great track record of um, supporting and enabling abusers. So you can't blame victim survivors for being reticent, you know. But, you know, it's back to what we were talking about, you know, um, the the employer's responsibility being creating a culture. And that's not going to happen overnight. Culture change takes time. Creating a culture within their organisations where people... People can talk about this so that victim, you know, people who work with them or for them who are impacted by domestic violence and abuse feel able and feel empowered to come forward and say, I need this support. I need this extra help. Can you sign? What can what what can the company do for me? What's in the policy? What's the due process? What's the framework within the policy? And then can you, you know, help me access external supports if I need them, you know? And again, that that brings in my 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 point about training. You know, so um, going back to that point about training, I mean, so, for example, here at the station, um, we've made huge strides and huge, huge efforts to, uh, uh, for example, the EDI within the station. Um, Are there ways for businesses or business owners, be they large or small, to access training for either members of staff or maybe parts of their HR team to help um, legislate and and, and deal with this new piece of uh, support? Yes, well, certainly in Amber, we've developed two training um, modules, Brian, that uh, local employers in Kilkenny and Carlo and their staffs can can access. So the first of those is a general, we call it domestic violence awareness training for your business. And that is for all staff, uh, top to bottom. And that's delivered online. Um, And then the second module is more specialist module. It's about half a day and we deliver that in person. And that is specifically for HR and people managers. And that's to help them with recognising the signs of abuse in the workplace mm. because they're not always what you think they may be and um, uh, as we spoke about effectively and sensitively handling disclosures as they come forward and then effectively referring to specialist supports. Yeah, so there's just a training and support out there. As I always like to try and do when we when we have an opportunity to speak to, to you guys at Amber Women's Refuge or similar sorts of organisations, um, I'd like to leave the last word to you to try and 
speak to anybody out there that might be listening this morning who might be in an abusive or coercive relationship um you know they might not yet be at the point where they're thinking about applying for for you know domestic violence leave um but I think it's important that they consider taking those first steps what would you say to somebody like that um, what 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 we always say, Brian, which is um, you're probably being told that what you're experiencing is your fault, and it's not. Um, you are not alone, even though you may feel alone, and you may have been deliberately isolated as a tactic to ensure that you your 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 access to support is is limited. But when you're ready to talk, um, we're here for you t- to listen to you. Um, so I'll give our 24-7 confidential helpline uh, 0818424244. That's for any woman um, who is experiencing any form of domestic violence yeah. and abuse today. And I'll also give the men's aid helpline, Excellent. which is 0155438, excuse me, 3511 for any man who is experiencing domestic violence and abuse who's listening today. And it's interesting because um, we got a text in there, very glad that men are now being recognised as being abused too, because uh, for years it was a taboo subject and a lot of men uh, would will still not come forward, mainly because of embarrassment, but uh, there are supports there available to both men and women suffering the abuse. The abuse. And of course, as always, KCLR, you can check out KCLR's webpage for lots of help and advice, KCLR. 96fm.com forward slash help all the help and advice is there as well um, Niamh as always a pleasure in education um, talking to you and, and the team at Amber's Women's Refuge uh, thanks for joining us this morning on KCLR Live and we'll talk to you again um, hopefully in the not too distant future that's uh, Neve Murphy from Amber Women's Refuge of course all of the help and advice that you might need um, KCLR96fm.com forward slash help do check it out Kate. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie.